0: All right, hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am Jason Napolitano, and on the line I have Mr. Chris Sheridan. What's going on, Chris? It's a beautiful Sunday
1: here in sunny Southern California, and it's a happy Mother's Day today. Happy Mother's Day, indeed. I was just one of those like Hallmark created (laughs) out of nothing holidays to, uh, Uh, I don't know, all greeting,
0: (laughs) greeting cards and flowers.
1: Yeah, well, You know and but it's it's a great uh you know
0: beyond the you
1: know the hallmark cards um it's really a great uh archetypal universal energy absolutely
0: uh, to celebrate and and take note absolutely and speaking of that our subject matter today is going to be the uh, mother energy archetypal energy sort of mythology. And also Mother Earth. So we're going to tie those two things together, sort of motherhood archetype, mother's archetype, uh, as well as Mother Earth. So we're going to be talking about those things today. Well, we're going to draw a little bit from uh, from this book we've talked about before. It's from uh, Spiritual Ecology, The Cry of the Earth, which is edited by Llewellyn Von lee And we, we looked at a section this week uh, by Father Richard Rohr, Father Richard Rohr. And he wrote a, a, a nice little essay called Creation, Creation as the Body of God. So we'll, we'll refer to that a little bit, but, but mostly we're going to be speaking about motherhood, the mother archetype, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it should be a great show today. Thank you for joining us. So this is, uh, of course, the Cosmic Eye Show. We are here each week, and we're discussing matters of eco-spirituality, psychology, uh, ancient wisdom, esoteric wisdom, and so on. So thank you for joining us um Chris is the author of The Spirit in the Sky. I am the author of If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. And you can find out more about uh, Cosmic Eye at cosmiceye.org. We also have some great uh, tarot stuff up there now. Uh, so, focusing a lot on that on the cosmiceye.org site. Uh, and then there's a blog as well, and so forth. So, let's get into this, Chris. Uh, again, happy Mother's Day to everyone. Thank you for joining us. We hope you're having a great day. So I want to read a little bit just to start, uh, just to kind of start this off from, from, this, from this, this section that we read in the book, because I think this is really an interesting and kind of bold way to put this, and I'll, 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 uh, we'll talk about it after this. So Father Richard Rohr says, uh, the incarnation of God did not happen in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. That is just when some of us started taking seriously. So he's writing actually to to Christians. He's writing to Catholic people. Uh, But this this essay is actually for for everyone, of course. Uh, But this is the context that it was in. So the incarnation actually happened approximately 14.5 billion years ago with a moment that we now call the Big Bang. That is when God actually decided to materialize and to expose who God is. This alone provides any solid basis for reverence, universal sacrality and our attempts to form a spiritual ecology that transcends groups and religions that transcends groups and religions. So what he's really getting at when he says that is the idea that look uh, as it said in Genesis you know God created the earth and it was good. not only that it was it was very good so here, is this idea that you know creation itself the earth itself is is something holy somehow over time uh we've we've forgotten this idea right it's been kind of a a a strange a strange path that we've taken it's a jungle out there it's a dog (laughs) dog world (laughs) right yeah yeah we've gotten into that sort of thinking and I, i i think that um you know, we forget this, you know, and it's, it's interesting because this is an idea that's shared by uh, certain fundamentalist Christian groups and certain Orthodox groups of, of all stripes, both Muslims, Jews, Christians, and so on, that um, the earth itself is really just kind of a, and again, I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm speaking about certain, certain sects of certain groups. this idea that the earth is really just something material it's not something spiritual it's not something holy unto it unto itself you know it's that kind of we're the pinnacle of this creation and um you know the rest of this earth and life and the universe itself that's materialized is sort of here for our our own personal spiritual unfoldment our enjoyment our you know, sustenance, whatever you want to call it, um, our experiences. And and what did he call it? You like that great quote that he had? What what he called it? Cosmic narcissism. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> is, I don't know how larger <laughs> you could get than cosmic. It's like, wow, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it covers everything at that point. But thinking that, yes, we are somehow above, above the cosmos. And like the, you know, earth being thought of as like lesser than or it's just inert uh, body of material, which we can draw from. Uh, also, some people believe that the the human body, the material body mm-hmm. uh, in which our soul and spirit live, is corrupt, is
0: corporeal and carnal and in the you know, negative sense. Yeah. You know, and that then there's that idea of that sort of you know, spirituality versus materiality and the, the, you know body versus spirit. in other words, like they're like they're two different things and so on. and there's that kind of split uh, between those two things that exist. Uh, what this has to do though, um, you know with with motherhood, with the idea of mothers and this sort of uh, creation is that of course the idea of M- mother Earth, of Gaia, you know of of the of our of our home, uh, you know is always, in you know 99% of mythology and cultures, the earth itself is seen as a feminine figure, as a feminine goddess, as a feminine you know divine entity. Um, you know that is a that is pretty pretty universal. Uh, there's a few there's a few mythologies where the earth is actually masculine and and then the moon is is feminine. Some you know there's there's different there's different versions of this, but the point is is that um, that the you know the earth that we live on. Most people do uh, think of her as being feminine, being a mother, being the mother of creation. And there's this idea, you know, in the archetypal uh, sort of archetypal symbolism behind motherhood of this sort of form-building power. Uh, in in Kabbalah, there's a there's the Tree of Life. You may have seen that really cool uh, symbolic form of. Of creation, explaining creation and levels of consciousness, et cetera. It has multiple meanings, but has the 10 different um, spheres on it. They're called sephirot. Uh, a single one is called a sphira. Uh, there's one called Bina. And Bina is the great mother. Uh, she's known as Ama or Aima as well. Uh, and, the, and this is really where this energy sort of starts coming into, into existence. It's this, it's this feminine aspect of form building. Uh, she's also associated, you know, Bina is also associated with, with planet Saturn, which is interesting. So it's time, it's form, it's conservation, you know, it's the idea of temporality, materiality. So you see that this sort of vague sort of spiritual energy, not vague, but this sort of initiative, this sort of masculine force, this spiritual energy that's, you know, seeking out experience, as it were finding form in this 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 mother energy it's very interesting you see it come into form you come into existence you know these are these these are these are concepts that that are that are archetypal you know this at at this point in in you know and actually in the scheme of the tree of life material existence has not occurred yet but it's the archetypal sort of energy of of form building that this refers to and that's one of the ideas of motherhood and of course with that, there's this interesting idea of, you know, both the sort of light-giving, life-giving mother and then the dark mother. Because immediately when you start thinking about the idea of coming into existence, into materiality, then, you know, there's, there's a sort of temporal aspect to it. There's a time aspect to it, right? Once you're in a body, uh, there's, there's you know, there's a finite amount of time in, in, in that particular body, right? It's not the, the end of Existence, as as it were, but but it's you know the end of that particular existence at the end of that body, uh, that particular incarnation. So so it's an interesting. It's in, those are interesting ideas that are associated with mother, uh, the mother uh, archetype. So really, you know, and that that it's an idea. It's that you know when you when you think about about mother earth, and you think about motherhood, it it's not something that I again that we have seen as as holy something that we've revered certain you know certain individuals probably more of us listening to you know podcasts like this and you know individuals who consider ourselves spiritual definitely find ourselves leaning towards this but it's certainly not an idea that's prevalent in general culture the idea of the holiness of material existence that it's sort of you know part and parcel with you know spiritual ideas and i think that's that's problematic don't you well, it becomes problematic when you
1: worship you know, the vessel or the icon or the symbol you know, more than what it symbolizes or what it points towards. So, yes, I would say see the earth, uh, and I do, and see our bodies as these spiritual vessels uh, that are important. We need to take care of them, but we should not make a god of them either. In that, 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 that's where it ends, or that's mm-hmm. like talking about the pinnacle, you know, of yeah. existence or creation. That if it's all just of the earth, earthly things, because the earth and everything on it is temporal, um, it's, it's insufficient uh, as an eternal, universal spiritual energy or God. Same with our bodies, our lives are so much more than just the body yeah you know as as holy and spiritual i and I believe it should be if it is an incarnation or maybe a shell that the the spirit and the soul need to um, you know make around us so we can have this you know living experience. Uh, we're selling ourselves short if it's just the material manifestation of something, but we're also selling it short if we don't really appreciate
0: and venerate. Properly, uh, this vessel. Absolutely, it's it's interesting because it's almost like um, you've got to find a you've got to find a really happy medium, a middle ground, a middle path between two sort of um, opposing viewpoints. And I'll, I'll, let's look at it like this: so you have this uh, this viewpoint that you know the only thing worth our attention in this life is the spiritual, the higher things, the transcendent. You know, those things in the sky, those things which we are reaching towards, ascending to and so on, spiritual values versus maybe a more scientific materialist viewpoint, which is all there is, is this existence in this particular, you know, material body and plane that we live in. And, you know, there's nothing beyond it, nothing behind it. It's a random accident that occurred. And, you know, here we are, make the best of it you know, but let science and sort of logic and materialism guide your way. And, you know, both of those attitudes are extreme. They're extreme. Um, So I think what you got to do is find your your sort of spiritual balance point between those two things and say, okay, yes, you know, the the spirit, the, the material world exists. It has its own laws. There's Newtonian physics and you know things work and you can you know engineer things and you can build a bridge and it will stand for x amount of years and so on you know we have these laws of material existence that we we live by but then also there's this there's a transcendent quality to us we're able to at times seemingly subvert those laws of reality and rise above them and create miraculous healings and you know materialize things in our lives that 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 shouldn't you know, materialize and have things unfold that probably normally wouldn't in a normal sort of material existence. And so, you know, you see this tension between these these two different worlds, but then, you know, once you kind of like find that balance point between the two, you you, you find yourself both comfortable with the The temporal existence that you live in the material existence and knowing that you know this physical body is is finite but then also understanding that okay there's this eternal part of myself there's this transcendent you know uh, infinite part of myself too but they both need their their attention i guess as it were you know but we're focusing today like you know just to kind of get back to the idea of, of motherhood so so focusing again like on understanding that you know the point the point to this really is that Either of those viewpoints, either that everything is transcendent and, you know, this material existence is just awful and, you know, it's something to get through, you know, and the idea that this is all there is and make the best of it and, you know, screw any kind of, you know, spiritual ideas. It's, you know, it's really a both and idea that you're looking for. It's like, you know, there's a a transcendent realm and there's a physical realm, but they interpenetrate each other. There's really no separation between them. And that's kind of the interesting thing that to kind of loop back to to this uh, this section in the book that we read, you know, he's really pointing out that, uh, you know, that existence itself, you know, the spiritual, or excuse me, the material existence itself is, you know, it is created by uh, a universal mind. It's created by a, a divine force. And, you know, the idea in Christianity is it's created out of nothing, ex nihilo, out of nothing. But if all there is is God and nothing, then God is basically creating from God's self and, you know, sort of coming into material existence and sort of congealing into a material substance. But the whole thing is God from top to bottom. You know, if you really kind of dig down into the mythology of it, that's really what it's it's talking about but i think we we've, we've kind of missed missed that point even though it's so obvious it's like oh here's creation and it was created by god and it is, it is god in essence it's the you know then we think well but no there's a separation you know god's up there and i'm down here and i'm mucking around in this material world and i have to reach up and you know what i mean it becomes kind of a it becomes kind of a challenge to navigate those those ideas but you really do have to find a balance point don't you Well, you do,
1: and it's because, you know, we as creatures live in two worlds. We have our inner life, you know, of all our thoughts and beliefs and ideas, our souls. Uh, And then we have this outer life of the physical experience with other people and how we interact. Um, And we also have this dual nature as far as our animal nature and our divine spiritual nature. And they all come together in the soul on Earth. And it's really through this mother principle. Um, And I guess I'm moving now towards looking at mother energy, the universal mother aspect, as a process uh, as much as it is a thing. And of course, the word material, um, mater, um, mother, it it has a maternal. This, uh, you know, the root word um, comes through that. But I think what makes this mother or this maternal aspect is its process, uh, its function. It's it's what it can do. So like you have a seed, it's corn or wheat or something like that. Um, It doesn't really do anything. It will remain a seed um, if you keep it in a decent environment. You could put it in a jar and it, it could last a thousand years or more. Uh, but it's only when that seed interacts with this earth mother, this maternal energy, this life giving, it's a catalyst, then things start happening. Uh, so apart, neither can make this happen on their own, but together. And that's you know, again, that's these two worlds. Uh, and if we look at this you know, matrix, this mother, this material existence. As um, as a process, well then we can be constantly uh, giving birth uh, to new ideas, uh, and that is making them in some form where they could be shared or utilized. You know that practical aspect. Otherwise, an idea is just a you know it's a you're building sandcastles in in the sky or however that goes. Um, Or if you just have a bunch of stuff and you don't really know what to do with it, well, then it's a bunch of raw material. So it's bringing this together in this creative act. And that's where we all share in this mother. Uh, We can give birth to our ideas if we take this thought, this immaterial thought and bring it into some form uh, that can be used here on earth. Uh, Then you're actually using that mother principle that mothering giving birth nurturing uh, and providing to others aspect
0: that's a great point you know and it's it's true too it's like it's not you know and it it goes it transcends uh it transcends gender and it moves into a principle uh, obviously you know women share more of these archetypal qualities sort of biologically speaking uh, than men do Uh, but the idea that this sort of form building nurturing kind of gestating kind of um, creative elements exist with within all of us and it is this energy that we can tap into this mother energy this archetypal mother energy like the divine mother You you look at any of the mother goddesses and the creatrixes and these sort of form-building entities and so on. We can tap into the energy that they uh that's represented by those different forms, Venus and you know, the Divine Mother, the Holy Mother, Mother Mary, and you know, the different uh Hindu versions of these and Isis and so on and Sibylle and you know there's there's thousands and thousands of mother goddesses represented. Um, But we can you know, we can sort of embody those qualities in ourselves, like you said, through, through our creative, through our creative work. And it does, you know, in it, it just looking at the sort of um, act of, of, of birth, as it were, right? You, so, so you see this, 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 this period, like you said, you see the period where the, you know, the, there's a seed and there's, there's fertilization and there's, there's growth and, you know, it sort of takes it, it takes place in, in the dark and secret um you know and there's a sort of like i said a period of gestation and growth that occurs and then this sort of birth out into the world after a certain amount of time but you're right it's like creative endeavors and businesses and goals and affirmations have that same sort of life and they need that sort of mother energy in order for them to be birthed into existence you need to have that quality of care and love and compassion and nurturing, you know, that's embodied in these, these mother ideals, mother archetype ideals, uh, in order to sort of bring to pass uh, what you want to create in your life, whether that, you know, that thing is a child or a relationship or the, or, you know, I don't mean to call a child a thing, but, you know, whatever sort of physical manifestation you're, you're, you're looking for, um, you know, you do need to apply that sort of maternal quality in order to achieve uh, the the birthing of that thing into, in, you know, you can really see that in art and you can see that in, you know, in creative endeavors and so on. And, you, you know, you look back at the Renaissance and you can see a lot, you know, like Venus and a lot of the, you know, the Roman goddesses were, were, uh, there was a sort of a, A revitalization of those ideas during the Renaissance, and you see the beautiful work that was created. You know they're harkening back to you know classical Greece and so on. Uh, But you can see what happens when you begin to tap into those archetypal energies, and you just look at the production of beautiful objects and artworks and music and so on that occurred during the Renaissance uh, when they were heavily under the influence of this kind of you know creative mother archetypal energy. Um, feel you know vibe and you know and then you look at us today where we're really kind of bogged down in materiality and the ideas of you know science and you know that we're not really in touch with that sort of archetypal goddess energy you know we're kind of more in touch with you know the sort of material aspects of things and how do we you know how do we dig down into this and figure out the dna of that which is all good stuff too but you know, it lacks the, the the spiritual qualities which the Renaissance had. Do, do you know what I mean? And I think you see a sort of a dryness in some of the material that's being produced today—the art, the music, the, the the literature, and so on. It really because it's not really tapping into those archetypal qualities of that uh, of that 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 kind of Venus-y mm. sort of thing. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah, now it seems like things are being rehashed instead of reborn. And that's even what the Renaissance means, you know, this rebirth of um, you know, Greco and uh, you know, classical uh, art, architecture, yeah. ideals, and, and things like that. But this notion of birth, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it's, it's a really loaded topic. Uh, but what a birthing is, it is a letting go, it is a separation. It's when the artist is finally done painting uh, Picasso said a painting is never done at some point you just quit working on it. Some people type on their novel for 10 years and never release it uh, so it's this giving birth and that can be a difficult part of really any creative endeavor um, if it's you know a song you're working on or like I said a play or a novel or uh, painting anything you're you're doing sometimes we don't uh, we hold hold them in, you know, and keep them um, from being on their own. Like a plant, you know, the seed germinates and it grows and then it bears fruit. Well, the fruit really only becomes useful when somebody plucks it. And then when it does, it's separated from this living vine, but then it has to go on and, and have its own life or give life and nourishment to, uh, to another creature. Uh, but to... You know, think of the mothering aspect as being you know, germinating and nurturing and gestating and um, all these you know, wonderful things. And giving birth is also this separation. So we have to, at some point, as every mother does, let go. Uh, there's an empty nest. The bird has to be kicked out. Uh, ducks do it a little more, I think, peacefully. You can, they, <laughs> the duck will take the ducklings up on a dock and then jump off herself and then turn around in the water and say, okay, come on. <laughs> really? kicking him out of the nest, but you know, it's demonstrating how it's done, but um, it's necessary for survival, you know, hopefully under supervision <laughs> initially, but, uh, but this letting go, this letting, letting it then have its own life. Uh, it's that double-edged sword with, uh, you know, that, that really goes again with this mother archetype, uh, but the letting go is, you know, you're giving life, but you're also letting go Uh, of that
0: uh, cord that silver thread absolutely uh there's an interesting thing i don't know why this popped up when i when i was listening to you but i was i was i was reminded of the idea of um, the mother archetype and its relation to you know the subconscious mind you know we talk a lot in our uh, emmett fox shows about new thought and you know if you look at sort of um, this idea of sort of mythologically, let's look at the mother archetype as the, the queen archetype. So we think of the queen as, as the, as the unconscious mind. And then we think of the conscious mind maybe as, as, as the king. So then the king, let's say the king energy or the masculine energy is sort of the initiative. It's the, um, the initiator of things. It's the, it decrees, it decrees uh, what it, what it wants to do. And then it's sort of, you know, in the same, and then it's sort of made, you know, it's, it's generated really by this, this queen energy, by this, this feminine energy, the mother archetype energy, and it gestates in there. That, that decree or that initiative or that seed, you know, is placed into this, this womb of creation, as it were, the subconscious or, you know, divine mind part of ourself that's connected to that divine mind. Um, and it's placed in there, you know, as we place an affirmation or a visual, visualization or, or a prayer or or a you know a, a goal or a dream or aspiration, a healing, whatever we need, uh, and then it gestates and is transferred into you know it's birthed by that archetypal mother energy, you know, and that's it's an interesting thing to think about that the way that those you know the, those polarities kind of work together, and you think about. You know the polarity of electricity, the positive and negative charges, and things like that. And it's 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 interesting. You got to have that. You've got to have that balance. You got to have that balance. You got to have that that initiative, and that that direction, and that sort of impregnating sort of energy. And then you've got to have the you know the the, the womb and the sort of um, you know the creatrix, the creation. Uh, form building aspect too or you, or you don't have it. if you have only you know if you have only one without the other there is there is no materiality there is no form there is no life you know what i mean and you can look at it on a biological level or you can look at it on a sort of you know philosophical or spiritual level and you see how they're interrelated how the, you know and that's that yin yang symbol and the, you know the masculine feminine ideas and so on how the interplay between the two of them how that works and it's a constant interplay between those two things, between light and darkness and spirit and matter and all these different things. And they're, they're wholly and completely reliant on each other for their existence. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's where that, that razor's edge or that middle path is between those two different ideas between, you know, the material and the spiritual, you know, you want to be perched right on that, like edge between the two of those and understand that one does not exist without the other. One does not exist without the other, so something to think about, right?
1: Well, especially when in a lot of the conversations, they seem like they're mutually exclusive or diametrically imposed mm-hmm. instead of really inherently linked. Like yeah. the opposite really is, uh, or they wouldn't exist. You can't have one without the other, left without right, up without down. Um, even just the language doesn't permit that, but it's easy to pick a side and say, well, this is my side and I'm opposed to that side. Um, and then like Rowan was saying in his, in his passage here that um, you're just setting yourself up for eternal conflict because there's always going to be this not me, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. this otherizing, you know, otherizing something else um, as if, well, if we just got rid of that or if they just came over to our side you know everything would be okay yeah but in balance both sides are needed yeah. and really in balance there there are
0: no sides exactly i was just gonna say that Point. you can't you can't do you know they well you transcend. you transcend the opposites at a certain point don't you you move beyond them well you see a wholeness yeah exactly And that's a challenge. I mean, being in a physical body, it it is it is a challenge to achieve that. But it is our that is our true true nature is to ascend and to transcend into that state that's between between the opposites. It's above them. It's below them. It's in in, it interpenetrates them. It's you know transcends the opposites into a wholeness or a unity consciousness. That is that is the goal. But as we're moving towards that, you know, it's it's good to just sort of position ourselves in you know what buddha called the middle path so it's neither one nor the other as you're kind of moving down this thing saying okay is it all material stuff or is it all spiritual stuff you know just kind of balancing that in your mind it's like no it's both it's 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 a it's a both and kind of thing it's not an either or it's both and and that's the that's that's the transcendent point is the both and so Something to think about, something to think about. So any other thoughts in this area? Mother archetypes, the mother energy, anything that's pressing? Any, I'm gonna I, I read a little bit more of, of this section. I think he had, some, he had some great stuff. Let me, let me say, part? hang on one second. Okay, yeah, this was, you brought this up before the show. I'm going to read this section it is only humans who have resisted the one great act of giving birth and in fact have frequently chosen death for themselves and for so many others besides we can do better we must do better and by God's patient grace we will do better once we recognize that it is one shared creation and we are all part of it for better or worse Better or worse. But I love that that saying you, you pointed that out. That one great act of giving birth. We've resisted it. we resisted it. And what do you think he means by that? We've resisted the one great act of giving birth. What does that mean to you? Well, we've gone through the act
1: of being born, being like, born. physically. Yeah. This might be the twice-born or that. Uh, philosophic rebirth uh, the real born again while you're uh, but you're giving birth to the new you to the higher you the s with the capital s or the caterpillar that that um, you know gives birth to the uh, to the butterfly through the chrysalis um, yeah and I think it's also you know giving birth to this new viewpoint uh, that does, like you're talking about that transcends the Conflict of Opposites, um, where he said we can uh, recognize that we are one shared creation and we are all part of it, um, is, you know, it's, it's more than just a spiritual truth. It's, yeah. uh, it's really scientific. Um, it really needs to be part of our human relations. Uh, and that may be, it may be easier to do things <laughs> in a scientific way than it is in a sociological way but uh but there it is <laughs> we're difficult teachers yeah. and uh and it, it just ultimately is true there aren't seven seas there's one world ocean that is all connected that cat that categories, by the way categories cat <laughs> <doesn't have
0: that laughs> approval you know you know it's good to have the natural world that.
1: yeah yeah there's one atmosphere. We all breathe the same air. There's one race, the human race. Everything else is just sub, you know, arbitrary subdivisions based on maybe the way something looks or where it's located. Yeah. Located in the same spot. It's all, it's all part of the whole. And it's, you know, when we're doing a conflict or a a competition, like, you know, sporting (laughs) things, um, yes, you have to narrow it down to two. And then one has to beat the other one out. But even then, that's an artificial construct, by the way. That's not really reality. Uh, but in, even then, in the larger sense, well, if it was you know, a tennis match or something, and you have the best tennis champion. Well, I like this person. Well, I like that person. And they each one wants to beat the other one. And you have this grand conflict. And one will come out the undisputed winner. Uh, but everyone there likes tennis, you know what I mean? There, yeah. There's all this all this conflict is happening within a larger sphere of oh, we love tennis, or if it's football or baseball, you know the Yankees might hate the Red Sox fans, but they're both baseball fans. I'm not, so I don't care about either one of them. But <laughs> I'm glad they like baseball. But to me, it's you know it's, it's just an arbitrary where you live or what what banner your your favorite team flies but but even just in something like that it's very easy to see that well they're all part of the same sport they all love the same
0: yeah yeah you're seeking after the the commonality yeah yeah that's a good point and i think i I think too another idea is kind of getting at in in this idea of birthing is birthing a sort of uh an attitude of, of natural connectedness to our spiritual source. And, you know, he talks about animals and plants and, and trees and, you know, the natural world sort of going about its business in harmony with its purpose, its natural purpose to just be. And, you know, we're the only creature on this planet that has the ability to not live instinctually and sort of live in accordance and harmony with how you know, the natural order of things. We have a way of sort of subverting the natural order of the earth in some senses. And, you know, it's a, it's a false sense of, 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 of that a false sense of security that we can control the earth and we can live above it and all of that. But we do have the great power to, to shape the earth and to change it and to, you know, make massive uh, changes and and constructions and so on in terms of of shaping, you know, climate and, you know, and just the physical environment and and the, you know, the natural environment so on. I mean, we could easily go out and cut down every forest on the planet in a matter of weeks, probably. We could, you know, fish out the oceans in probably a matter of days, honestly, Um, you know, and all these different things. So now it becomes like, okay, we've got to put ourselves in alignment with this natural, spiritual, Uh, sort of instinctual energy that's within us so that we can live in harmony with this place we're living you know we have to give birth to the idea of of living in harmony with mother earth that we depend on solely for our physical existence you know what i mean and i think sometimes that's a hard hard thing to wrap your head around even though you know we live that every day you know it's you 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 know because our food comes in packages and we drive cars and we pump gas into them and we think all these things are something that science created these are just natural things that we have modified you know plastic is oil well, you know gas is oil you know a, a a piece of a piece of metal that's an iphone was in the earth and it got dug out do you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly we have this false idea that we're making those things. We're not making anything. We're just transmuting things. We're moving things around. We're melting them down and turning them into something else. There's no making. You know what I mean? It's like and so you know, if we can suddenly, you know, materialize something out of nothing, then you know, we've achieved we've achieved that universal consciousness. But until then, you know, we're 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 working with the with the materials that that God made. So I think that's something to remember and kind of birthing that consciousness, that type of consciousness within ourselves, it puts us back into alignment with Mother Earth and back into alignment with the archetypal mother energy and so on. And that's really, I guess, what we're, what we're talking about. So, all right, well, happy Mother's Day to everyone. Chris, do you have anything else you wanna, you wanna add or wrap up? Well, I guess it, by extension, following this motherhood
1: and birthing, we have the child and to go full circle with the, uh, the author, Of that you know passage he's talking about the Christ child uh, that it it is this merger it's actually the the combination uh, the unity of spirit and matter of God and man uh, of humans and this earth you know that's the child that we are creating that we are giving birth to and nurturing is a unified person unified planet unified people this oneness and togetherness uh, that they're not in conflict they're not even in contrast Mm, yeah they are you know it's like green (laughs) you know maybe you don't see the yellow or the blue anymore you know that's a whole new color Um, but it contains them both it was made from them both Oh wow, great
0: analogy! A new thing, so yeah. So here's to the color green. Here's to the color green. That's fantastic. What a what a what a great way to end that. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, again, happy Mother's Day to everyone. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we are at cosmiceye.org. Uh, Chris's book is "The Spirit in the Sky." Mine is "If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate." And if you would like to donate to this podcast, please do. We need your help. At anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. Uh, we're here every Sunday with, uh, with a new episode. So have a great week. Uh, be safe out there. Goodbye, and God bless.